0: Welcome to The Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity,
1: and burnout. I I feel like it's almost a form of resistance when we allow ourselves that radical self-care. You know what I mean? Because we're expected to walk in this world in a certain way. and, And when we just let go of all of that, I think it's It's a beautiful form of resistance. On the show, we challenge the status quo
0: and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. On The Well Woman Show this week, we're looking deeply at the concept of self-care. Over the years, self-care has transformed from a radical act of resistance to a mainstream marketing tool. And verges on a replacement for social care and systems that support people most impacted by policy decisions to thrive but self care the way we define it here in the well woman community, is literally about surviving and thriving it 's about getting your needs met it 's about bringing awareness to women 's unpaid labor and acknowledging all women 's contributions to the well being of our community, not just economically but socially, emotionally, and spiritually. It's about taking action to create the changes in systems and organizations that support all people to thrive. And we start with supporting women to articulate, prioritize, and get their needs met. Because when women and girls thrive, families thrive, and whole communities thrive. In a Burst of Light, a book written by feminist and civil rights activist Audre Lorde after she'd been diagnosed with cancer for a second time. She talks about self-care as a radical political act. Quote, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It's a self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. Lord's ideas about self-care were picked up by many in the queer, feminist, and activist circles. Caring for yourself became a way of preserving yourself in a world that was hostile to your identity, your community, and your way of life. Here to talk to me about radical self-care is Bobsy Sanandale, a transformation coach, speaker, wellness event curator, and the founder of Black Gold Wellness Lounge, a safe online space curated with black and brown millennial folks in mind. Sanandale focuses on identifying and reversing mindset blocks that stem from years of generational trauma through her signature undoing method. As a self-proclaimed self-care strategist with a background in community health, she helps her people take excellent care of mind, body, and soul through group and one-on-one coaching, education, and healing workshops, as well as inspirational social media content. She's a mother of two amazing girls, loves salsa dancing and karaoke, and indulges in an expensive hobby hobby as a recording artist, singer, songwriter. Today on the show, we'll talk about what radical self-care is, how taking care of ourselves can be a form of resistance, and the importance of healing the generation trauma in black and brown communities. All the information shared today can be found at the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash radio, including all the past episodes of the Well Woman Show featuring Black, Indigenous, and women of color, and a list of anti-racism resources. You can continue the conversation in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy and High Desert Yoga in Albuquerque. I'm speaking with Bobsi Sanandale on the show today. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's so good to talk to you. You are up to so many awesome things. I want to hear all about it. But first of all,
1: (laughs) tell me, who are you in the world today, Bobsi? Well, first of all, I am myself. I think we always try to like add all these titles, but I am just me and I'm just trying to be myself. And then I'm a mother of two amazing girls. And these days I'm just focused on my business as a transformation coach, event curator, and I don't know, I do all kinds of stuff, girl. I'm a singer songwriter. I just, I'm one of those people that I do a lot because I am a creative. And so, yeah. I love it. We often all wear
0: lots of different hats. And I love mm-hmm. it when we, we don't have to identify with one title, right? It's like we're, we're these whole yeah. these whole human beings, these whole women with all these different facets and, and identities. So Babsi, tell me, what are you working on right now that excites you and how does it impact women's lives and well-being?
1: Well, right now I'm working on a project. Well, it's the Black Gold Wellness Lounge, and I focus on black and brown people in identifying generational trauma. And what's exciting to me right now is really just partnering with people in the community to find ways to uplift and encourage radical self-care. Um, and self-care is like the buzzword these days, you know, but I've been using it for a long time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, you know, I think it's really important to help people recognize that we need to prioritize ourselves. I think that we live in a society that it's like this rat race of always having to achieve, always having to prove something and always having to try to be better than the next person compete. But I think that my place in this world is to help people to just reconnect with themselves and to really just sit down and just actually enjoy life with joy, with peace and with love. So that's what I'm doing. And that's an ongoing process and journey and looks like so many different things.
0: Yes, it does. And we'll link to your wellness lounge in the show notes. But I want to just ask you about a few things that you talked about, because I think the lens that you're using to, to do your work, which is, you know, like you said, generational trauma and radical self-care is so critical right now and, mm-hmm. and obviously so central in our lives. And, and how, so how did you come to working on that and, and kind of mm-hmm. looking at it from that perspective?
1: Well, it took a while to get to where I am today. I'm not going to go into like the whole nitty gritty, but let's just say it's taken me about 10 years of self-awareness and growth and intentional growth. And then, you know, last year, 2019, I spent the whole year focused on just alignment. And what that looks like for me is getting rid of Everything that didn't serve my highest purpose and my highest good, right? But also being real about the re traumatization of myself and other Black people and this consistent, like, healing work that we have to do while we navigate everything that's been going on in our society. You know, there's like a lot of gaslighting when anybody brings up, you know, historical trauma, racism, you know, and things like that. Like, there's, it's just such a complex conversation and it's such a complex reality on a daily basis that that I felt called to shift my business to focus on the generational wounds that are impacting us on a daily basis. I think it's really important to note too that I mentioned retraumatization. This is a daily thing. So imagine, you know, having to relive your experiences because people want to continue negating your experience, you know, making you prove your experience of racism in this country. You know, just because we see stuff on TV doesn't mean other things on a smaller level. For instance, you know, right now we're fighting for justice for Breonna Taylor, we're fighting for justice for all. these people that we've watched be murdered on t- on video. But it's more than that. This is just highlighting. We just happen to see these things on video. This is not showing the everyday trauma that happens in Black and brown communities. This is not showing the overly policed communities that we have. This is not showing the microaggressions that we live on a daily basis. People wanting to pet your children's hair because it's different. People wanting to touch your body and invade your space. People wanting to question your existence. So it's really important to me to be able to be a voice for my people and to really help us to really take care of ourselves in this time. Because, you know, we're expected to do this work to help people understand where we're coming from. And that's not fair. It's not honest to reverse these systems but we do have to do some of the work in order to shed a light on what's going on so it sucks but there are people like myself and others who are willing to do the healing work in our community and so that's kind of just how I've gotten here just to answer your question um
0: for me, you know, on working with the Well Woman community and and, and the framework that I use. So I, I do a lot of like individual work, but then a lot of kind of system, mm-hmm. systems level work too. So it's both, mm-hmm. right? I feel like the self-help industry and the self-care industry is, is sort of really focused on pull yourself up and, and you know, do these practices and you'll, you'll be fine yeah. and sort of ignores all of the systemic kind of root causes of things, which, which you're identifying as generational trauma mm. and, and really trying to work with that. So how important, Definitely, yeah. yeah. So can you talk
1: a little bit about how your how you view that? I think something that's interesting, I don't know if you've noticed this conversation about like spiritual gaslighting or, yeah. um, you know, like people like coaches and people that are kind of dismissive of real trauma in love and light. (laughs) Does that make sense? You know, so there's this conversation that needs to be had, I think about going a little bit deeper in the work and not just expecting people to, okay, I I see that I have this problem here. These are the steps that we're going to take, but where do these problems come from? I I have a background in community health and something that always stuck with me that I had, I think was intrinsic anyways, in my um, just upbringing is understanding root causes of our patterns, our habits, our our pains, you know what I mean? And we can't do self-care without wanting to identify those kind of things. I think that's what's really important. So in my framework, in my, um, I have something called the undoing method. It's really, I'm not a therapist, by the way, let me just put that out there, but I'm just a facilitator. I just help people to really just kind of take a look back in order for us to move forward, right? So we have to kind of see, okay, these are the patterns that I bring into my job, into my parenting, into my love life, because of what, right? And when you have an industry of, Coaches and self-care strategists and like all these people that are wanting you to be better and do better without actually looking at the root causes of why we are where we are right now, because maybe they don't have the insight. And and also let me actually add this there's not a lot of people that look like me in this industry. And that's a huge problem. And so if you're getting all of your information from people who don't even know where to begin in this work. It can be damaging and it can be, I mean, while there is some great and valuable information out there, um, and I've learned from so many different coaches who do not look like me, and I've been trained, you know, by people who do not look like me. I think it's really important to see more black and brown faces in this community because we understand that there are complexities that somebody else might not be able to identify. It's kind of like if you're like in a relationship, I was just having a conversation You're in a relationship with somebody of a different culture, right? And you don't take the time to understand and learn that person's culture. You don't have any kind of competency and something comes up for them that you don't understand. How can you be there to empathize, to hold their hand through whatever they're going through? You know, maybe there's some kind of cultural thing around death that you don't understand. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. basically, if you don't have that cultural competency, how can you help people on a deeper level? And so I think that's kind of just where I'm going with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I I was listening to like a presentation by Equity in the Center, which is an Mm -hmm. organization that you know works on really looking at equity in in the workplace and particularly Mm -hmm. in nonprofit in the nonprofit industry here in the U S and she's a black woman. And she said, you know, I was, I was basically the whitest person they could hire. What do I mean by that? Well, I looked white on paper. Like I went to all the, you know, I fit into the white culture and that's why I got the position that I got. And it was really interesting because, you know, we're, what we're doing and I think what you were kind of talking about, at least the way I'm understanding it is we're kind of creating got this this kind of white culture this these systems that work for for white dominant culture, and then we expect other people to just kind of like come into that culture and and like succeed and thrive um, right you know, without meeting them where they are in terms of all of the all of the different cultures and all of the different. Ways that people operate in the world, and so exactly, and I, I've definitely seen that in the coaching industry and and the self help industry, which is what you were yeah. you were talking about. So I I love that you are addressing this and you're really putting this front and center in your business.
1: Yeah, definitely. You just reminded me there was a I was having a conversation with a young woman, and I was just kind of asking because she was like the only black woman in her her organization. And it was an organization I used to collaborate with as a community health worker. And I was just kind of asking her experiences, you know, and we were talking about cultural competency and like a training that they had had. And she was like, you know, the whole time that they were having this conversation, you know, they talked about like self-care and, you know, how to really care for yourself in the industry, blah, blah, blah. She was like, you know, people were like, you know, just get in your car and take a ride. You know, and she's like, I don't have a car. I have to take the bus. I have to, you know, we don't think about what people are actually going through outside of organizations in regard to like their economic status, where they live in town, how they function in the world, what access that they have to certain resources. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to just be like, you know, why don't you take a moment in your quiet space to meditate? What if I live in the hood somewhere and it's never quiet? You know what I mean? Like, What are my alternatives then? If you're not able to give that to me, like, so I think we have to think about that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that every person of color lives in a damaged neighborhood that we have amazing neighborhoods and we have thriving neighborhoods, but we, there is a systemic problem in regard to access and in regard to what self-care looks like. It's different. Yeah. It's way different.
0: So Bobzi, you, you did talk about
1: radical self-care earlier. What is that for you in your work? Oh, that's such a good question. So when I say radical self-care, I guess I'm removing myself from like the basics of, you know, having like five minutes in the bathtub to soak my body because I'm in pain at the end of a long day. Right. Um, When I talk about radical self-care, I'm talking about doing the hard work of self-awareness of really just like, calling yourself out. Um, I think it took me (laughs) a long time to really admit that I had problems Um, as a black woman. We're expected to be like these strong figures and like strength is like supposed to be like this honor, but it doesn't allow for us to be vulnerable. It doesn't allow for us to be honest about our needs. It doesn't allow for us to cry. It doesn't allow for us to be angry because then we have this angry Black woman trope. It doesn't allow all these things, right? And Black men as well, you know, we're supposed to be viewed in these ways. And so I think it's allowing yourself to be vulnerable. It's allowing yourself to rest. It's allowing yourself to not have to because something in the Black culture is that we're, we're taught that we have to work two times, three times, four times harder than our white Counterparts, In order to even be viewed just like that woman that you talked about who looked white on paper so that she could be hired. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And so for us to have to think about this on a daily basis, we're having to teach our children that we're not enough basically by saying, oh, work two, three times harder. So self-care is understanding that we are enough, understanding that our confidence and our value and our everything is not based on what this world tells us. It is based on what our soul truly is. And and that is enough. And, oh, girl, I'm about to get emotional just talking about this because it's it's heavy. It's so heavy.
0: It is. And it's a real journey, right? It's not like, Mm -hmm. "Let let me just do that, you know, like you said, like let me just soak in the tub and i 'll be you know and that 's like my self care or let me go and get a massage and and that 's mm-hmm. you know my once a month kind of thing it's yeah, yes. and those
1: are important
0: mhm right yeah those those are awesome, uh, but for me and the well woman community self care is is way beyond that right it 's so mm-hmm. so much deeper and and it 's a constant journey, and it 's really yes. identifying our needs and like getting our needs met. Um, and like you said, being vulnerable and, um, and really, really being able to, to give yourself that and and to work on that.
1: Um, I I feel like it's almost a form of resistance when we allow ourselves that radical self-care you know what I mean? Because we're expected to walk in this world in a certain way and and when we just let go of all of that, I think it's it's a beautiful form of resistance.
0: Yeah. Wasn't it Audrey Lorde that said um so self-care is a is a form of protest? Yes. And mm-hmm. I love that because mm-hmm. it's about reclaiming you know reclaiming our our space and our voice and yes who we are and it's it's so much more than just like that massage once a month you're listening to the well woman show i'm giovanna rossi we'll be right back i'm so thankful for support from high desert yoga promoting optimum physical health clarity of mind and spiritual inspiration for all You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly groups, coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easefully find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your your goals monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspects of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety burnout, perfectionism, and insecurity. The result, you get to live your Well Woman life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com slash academy to learn more. We're back on The Well Woman Show. We're going to go into the segment called Superpowers for Success. This is a quick round of questions that will help listeners really get to know you as okay. as a woman and as a leader. So the first question is, what does success in life mean for you? For
1: me, success means contentment. That's the first word that comes up when you ask me that. Success can be linked to monetary value. But for me, I believe success is being at peace with your life. I think it's consistent growth. I think it is acknowledging and honoring our wins and also acknowledging our shadow self, you know, the part of ourselves that we're still working on, the part of ourselves that come up. Um, I think success is really self-awareness and joy and gratitude.
0: Mm. And Bobsey, when did you know you were really good at what you do?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. I think I had a really pivotal moment this year, 2020, as a matter of fact, pre-COVID, if there's ever such a thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I would say around January, February, I just really had this mind shift and I just had this really intense moment with spirit, with God. It was just like, okay, girl, (laughs) this is you. You know what you're talking about. You don't have to qualify anymore. Like, do what you have been prepared to do. And I think that's, it was really solidified this year. Oh, I love it.
0: Okay. And can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being? Ooh, what is a personal
1: habit that contributes to my well-being? Something Hmm. that gives you... I think... uh, yeah, no, I think um, daily gratitude because that kind of like shifts for me. So like, you know, I think when I ha- actually I don't go a day without finding something to be grateful for and like giving myself a reason why I'm grateful for that thing. Um, I've I've come to a place where even when times are dark, I search for gratitude because it, it allows a little bit of light to shine in. Yeah. I think that's the daily thing. Yeah. I love that. It's,
0: it's, it's Mm. a really good one. Uh, what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time?
1: Mm. I would say connection with community specifically. I realized that I am really good at connecting with people on a one-to-one level, but I'm, also great at bringing people together in community and in love and um i noticed that in friendships you know i would i have like i'm i'm kind of a busybody in that i'm all over the place i and then i discovered i have like adult adhd and i kind of think that's a superpower because it puts me in these really awesome environments and yeah connection i think connecting people um, is my thing and connecting yeah. with people. I love it.
0: Okay. Z, what advice would you give your younger self say 10, 15 years ago?
1: What 10, 15 years ago was a, a really crazy time in my life. Um, so I think the advice that I would give is that everything that I'm seeking is within me and that I'm enough. I don't need the validation of other people to, be enough in this world I don't need to have a certain amount of money in the bank account to be enough and I am on the right path
0: yeah I just got chills isn't that an amazing place when you when you really are solidly in that place of knowing that it
1: is so powerful
0: and it's like it is already there you don't have to go and and like you don't earn it or buy it or you know like we already mm-hmm.
1: have it. we already have it mm-hmm. exactly exactly and I uh, I think that's such a powerful thing for people to realize I know um, it was for me for sure. Okay, now what would that younger
0: self say to you now about where you are today?
1: I'm so proud of you and how far you've come. You are amazing. You are the mentor that I needed (laughs) back then.
0: Oh, I love it! All right, Bobsey,
1: do you identify as a feminist? Sure. I don't think I've really labeled myself as a feminist. I think I'm like a humanist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I hate labels, but you know, I I do um, believe that the work of feminism is important as long as the lens is um, not Eurocentric. Um, I think that Black women get left out of feminism uh, at times because our issues are are complex and misunderstood, um, and we just move around in the world differently. So do I identify? Maybe. Maybe. I think that there are a lot of feminist ideals that are beautiful and powerful and important. And I do believe that um, women are incredibly vital to the role of this world shifting into a more positive, um, inclusive place. But I think it's important that we acknowledge humanity as a whole and the fact that we all are important in this place.
0: Yeah. So I think when feminism is not intersectional, it it isn't helpful, right? It's not, right. So, so what I hear you, I hear you kind of saying that, and certainly feminism has had its problems with being white dominant. Um, and, and I think, and it still does, right? But mm-hmm. I think some, or and I think a lot of people are seeing that and a lot of, People are saying, you know, we need feminism, but it needs to be intersectional. It needs to look at the other groups, the other non dominant groups in the world, like absolutely black, black indigenous, and, and women of color, and people of different mm-hmm. abilities, and um, yes, LGBTQ. You know, without, without including all those groups, it's not intersectional, and therefore, it's not actually
1: working yeah it's not functional, yeah. um I think that's really an important thing i I um yeah, I don't know. that's a loaded question <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yes. all right, well, last question for you. what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand?
1: Ooh, a good question. So right now, I'm actually reading multipliers um It's by Liz Wiseman, and it's about um how the best leaders make everybody around them smarter. And I'm also revisiting The Power of the Subconscious Mind, which is always a cool little book to get into because I think sometimes we forget how powerful we really are when we just kind of focus in on our desires and actually um, visualize what our future can be. Um, so that's always a good reminder book for me. So those are a couple of books. Okay, some we'll link,
0: yeah, we'll link to those in the show notes Listeners okay. always like to check out the books that our guests are reading. So, yeah. um That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Bobsy. Thank you for
1: having me. This has been
0: really cool. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman Life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week, so be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcast and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe. subscribe, and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.